Hi, you're listening to Food People Are the Best People, a new podcast for people who love food from the Eat, Drink, Dine Network. I'm your host, Judy Ann Wu, and this podcast was inspired by my culinary hero, Julia Child, who once said, People who love to eat are always the best people. I'd have to agree. I believe that some of the best people in the world, the most fun, the most creative, the most passionate people you'll ever meet are people who are just maybe a little obsessed with food. On today's episode three, I'm so excited to have joining me Bill Oakley of that Bill Oakley fame. Bill Oakley is a former showrunner and head writer of The Simpsons, best known for that much meme steamed ham segment. He's also written and produced Futurama, Disenchantment, and Portlandia, and currently serves as head writer and executive producer of the HBO Max series, Close Enough. But his real passion, so he says, is making short, fast food reviews, which you can see on his Instagram account, culminating with his annual Steamy Awards. He's been called the Gordon Ramsay of fast food for his brutal honesty, and behind every review can always see the commitment to his craft. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for joining thank, me today. Thank you. Thank you for saying I have a commitment to my craft. Oh, you know, you can see the passion. I mean, I I love the reviews mostly because of the honesty, you know, because you see people reviewing, especially on Instagram, you know, they're being sponsored or that kind of thing. So they oh, have yeah. to say something positive. So I always they keep it very. But you, you, I appreciate when you like something, you can really tell. And I can honestly, when I'm looking at you eating on camera, which first of all, I could never do. I tried, but there's something about watching me chew that I just can't stomach. You're, you're a very good on camera eater. I have to say. I've been told that before. That's interesting. Um, It's possibly because I, I edit the video myself. So I only I only use the most attractive <laughs> shots of me eating. Well, you're always so neat. I mean, you're often in your car, right? And yeah. you're, you know, that's another thing I want to ask you about, you know, tips for eating in the car during these days where yeah. everyone's eating in their car. But you always seem to be quite neat about it. But I, I watch you eat and I can see the thought process happening because you're actually tasting the food. So there's a moment as you're chewing where you're actually tasting because some people take a bite and they'll go, mm, you know, and they'll say, oh, so good. And I'm like, how do you know? Because first of all, when I take a bite, I need to chew it, swallow it, let it like sit around in my mouth a little bit before I can say, oh, I mean, there's always a first reaction, but you know, you really, so talk about what it well, I, I don't want to give through. away too much of the Hollywood magic, but I did expose it in, I did, I did uh, do a behind the scenes thing about three videos ago where the answer is that I've already had it. <laughs> um, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> because usually what I do is I get a, uh, I get two of whatever the item is. Mm-hmm. And I have one immediately upon leaving the drive through because that's when the pre- fast food is at its best. Right. The integrity of the food. You want to yeah. you want to let it shine at its at its peak. I appreciate that. Right. Then I have a second one, which is the camera one that you see on camera, which I, I take to usually wherever I'm filming, which is often my driveway. And, and in that case, you know, but my reactions, I've had time to go through my reactions on the drive home usually. So uh, and then I attempt to reproduce them on camera. But maybe I'm giving away a little too much of the magic. But that's how <laughs> that's how it works. Well, I do see I do see you actually eating and tasting the food which i i do appreciate but um yeah i mean you're you're very honest when you when you don't like something you will just say what you don't like and you're very specific like you'll say like it's the sauce or the you know something like the texture um and like a real review should be it's not just like uh, i don't like it like you say specifically you break it down into what you like 
and what you don't like about something. <laughs> it's true, and I, but I, I just should say I only do it. Um, I generally save my bad reviews for large corporations. I don't like to crap on the little guy. So right. when I when I do local stuff, if I don't like it, I just don't post it. Um, right. And and but but as far as you know, multi million dollar corporations. I don't have any compunction against saying their food sucks if it does. Um, and well, as well as this one thing that one thing that sucks, you know, and this thing that you're reviewing and they're still going to make millions of dollars because people are still going to like go to their business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, the thing that drives me crazy is when the hype vastly exceeds the taste. Um, and and that's uh, that's been the case a number of times, mostly with Burger King, although they finally <laughs> had they finally broken through that barrier with their new chicken sandwich, which actually does live up to the hype. Um, but in general, yeah, that's part of what the fun is, is for me is seeing, does this thing live up to the insane hype machine that, you know, ever, I'm sure you know that the whole food promotion thing, at least for food corporations, is a giant racket. And they're all, you know, they have this army of, of people on Twitter and Instagram influencers and all this stuff to get the word out. And in many cases, it's for something that you can't even buy. It's like Burger King is promoting this crazy Halloween burger that's green to be sold at 12 locations on one day. And it's like, okay, right. I had read nine articles about that today. You can't buy it. What's the point? Right. They just want to create buzz, you know, yeah. so that people are talking about them and stuff like that. So you're just you're just making that you just like calling it out for that kind of thing. And and I think people like that because you are you are quite nice because you um, do also review the local guys, which um, for the locals. I mean, you are based here in Portland, Oregon. I'm based here in Portland, Oregon. But your audience is, you know, is international, really. <laughs> so yeah, they want to be able to experience the things that you're talking about. Yeah, less than five percent of my of my viewers are in Portland, um, and so I do try to do for for my videos at least, which are the things I put on post on my main feed. I try to ha do it uh, things with mass appeal that people can get all over the place, and those are always honestly the most popular videos too. People don't really care how funny the videos are. There's no correlation between how funny or good the videos are <laughs> and how many views they have. It's if people are interested in this item, it, yeah. it is what 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 like my Popeyes fried chicken sandwich review is the most popular one. McDonald's is always popular because there's so many of them. You know, the information conveyed is more important than the humor to, to most viewers, I guess. But I try to still keep it entertaining. Yeah, the review is great, but then if it does get a positive review, you want to actually go out and uh, experience this thing. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Popeyes, like um, my uh, my 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 daughter when she was little, when she was back when she was in the car seat, she just started to read. She was like, "Mommy, there's poopies," or "What's poopies?" <laughs> <laughs> she it's kind of far away. She didn't. She thought there was two O's. She read it as poopies. Uh -huh. and so to this day, every time we drive by a Popeyes, I say, "Look, there's poopies," and she's so embarrassed because you know you can't laugh at kids because then they're like traumatized from it. But I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I said it's actually quite good. <laughs> so, and then another thing about um, you know what I like about you is I know you eat in other restaurants besides fast food. I know you eat it decent. You know, like I say, I say decent, like you know more upscale. What people view as upscale restaurants and not just all fast food. Um, but you give credibility to fast food, which I have always, I myself am not. A, I you know some people. I say some foodies are like kind of uh, food snobs, you know, I would never eat in a fast food restaurant and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, honestly, whether you support it or not, like that food is engineered to be delicious. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of research and a lot of R&D goes into making that food delicious. And so whether it's actually executed to that standard across all, you know, five million other outlets is another thing but like when it's in the lab when they're working on it like it's an engineer to be delicious so i mean how do you feel about 
how do you think how do you feel about people who are like oh i would never eat at fast food i think they have an antique attitude that that comes <laughs> and they're probably they're probably older people who grew up in the 70s and 80s when that was a valid argument you know when the fast food really I think we're living in a golden age of fast food that probably began around 2005, 2006, when Shake Shack started making everybody nervous, mm -hmm. followed by Shake, followed by Chick-fil-A and uh, Popeye's making everybody nervous to keep innovating. Mm -hmm. But yes, in the 70s and 80s, fast food was crummy. It was no better than you'd get in a cafeteria at an airport, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but these days, the food, it, 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 some of the food rivals the food that you would get in a restaurant or even at a good food cart. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and speaking of uh, Shake Shack, I know you have some criticism for Shake Shack. We just recently, I say we, like Oregonians recently got a Shake Shack yeah. um, in Beaverton, which is just like a suburb of Portland, uh, to much fanfare. Um, yeah. Have you have you eaten at this location yet? I drove by. Okay. There's some, <laughs> they're a hype machine as well. I drove by. I like Shake Shack fine, but I'll tell you this. They're a very mixed bag. Mm -hmm. I've had some terrific ones in New York and Las Vegas. I've had some downright lousy ones in LA and Washington, DC. Mm. So you, you never know what you're going to get with that place because they're so wildly inconsistent. Um, as far as the one here, I drove by yesterday and there was a line of people about 300 yards long waiting in the rain to go in. And I was like, forget it. No way. There's 30 better burgers I can get in this area, including five guys, which is right across the street. Right. I know. I thought about that. It was like, uh, I think about like, how, how are they doing? It's almost like you're so hungry waiting for your Shake Shack that you just drive across the street and go to five guys, you know. I saw they put up a bigger sign. <laughs> well, I, I have eaten at that. I, I got lucky. I got invited to a, a press preview of that Beaverton location, so I didn't have to wait in any lines. I had a very positive experience, but it's partly because there was only 12 people in the shop at that time. And so they made sure everything was, you know, I'm sure the trainer, the trainer of the of the station was like hovering over each right, burger. Right, right, right. So I I mean, I, I realized that I had a different experience, but I'm, I'm with you because I ate at the original, I used to eat at the original one, went back when there was only one Shake Shack, the one at Madison Park and I would stand in line. But these days I tell people, you know, same thing with you. It's like, if you get, if you, if you're lucky to get a good bur or good burger, or, you know, if on a good day, you can get an amazing burger and have an amazing meal, but just know that, if you're used to the, if you're used to Shake Shack when they're small and you haven't had them in years, it may be a little bit different. <laughs> just, just that little warning. But you got to order on the app. That's the thing. So if you don't want to do the line, order on the app, and then oh. they have a pickup window. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a, that's a trick. Nobody waits. You don't wait in line. Those are all like amateurs. You gotta, you know, order on the app. Go to pickup window. Pick it right up. No, no line. <laughs> the thing is, a Burger Stevens is only like two miles from there, so it's just as easy just to drive there and get it at that. Beaverton Rose BG, you know, BG food cartel place. That's true. I am a big fan of Burger Stevens. It's yeah. a local, for those who don't know, it's a local burger um, spot, uh, which the owner has had, you know, he's got amazing credentials, yeah. um, just decided to make a burger and kind of in the style of Shake Shack, I have to say, kind of that smaller as opposed to like a big bistro burger. Um, I like that type of burger myself. Yeah, me too. Um, and, I, <laughs> and then recently I saw, well, not recently, but just, you know, every year you do your steamy awards, your annual steamy awards, where you kind of like highlight the winners and you have these fun categories, you know, you have like your favorite snack, you have cookie. 
So do people, um, are these all the ones that you've tasted through the year and you're kind of put them into your consideration set or do people nominate themselves or how does that work? No, it's entirely me. The thing at the end of the year, I look through everything I post on my Instagram mm -hmm. and pick out my favorites. And you get like celebrities to kind of announce the winners. I love the production value of the whole thing. <laughs> we got some good people this year. We got some big names like Jake Tapper gave out from CNN, gave out our biggest award. Robin Lopez from a famous basketball player. Lots of other um, luminaries joined in. Right. Year, I imagine you know a lot of uh, celebrities from your time on, you know, for all your TV work and stuff like that. <laughs> some, but I haven't actually, these people are all people who follow me on Twitter. That I, I have actually not called in any favors from people that I've worked with. Well, yeah, I imagine you have your own fan club that they just want to, they want, they, they themselves are fans and want to uh, participate in some way. You know, what an honor to be able to present a Steamy Award. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Yeah. If they've heard of it, then they're more interested. Right. And have you always had this love for uh, fast food, fast casual snacks, these kinds of things? Or how did this come about? <laughs> I have always had a love for fast food and I was horribly deprived of it until I was about 25, until I was at 30, really, because I grew up in, in Maryland, out in the country, um, in an era when there weren't that many fast food restaurants, and oh. the nearest McDonald's was in, in like Baltimore, uh, which was like 60 miles away. So, so it's like a treat uh, for you. Yeah, I get to go on my birthday if I was lucky, you know, and yet, but you still see the McDonald's advertising every day on the, so it's, you know, it builds up in your head. So I, and then when I lived, and then when I went to high school, the nearest McDonald's was like, was again, several miles, you know, would be like an hour long bus ride and oh, um, yeah. things like that. And and the nearest other fast food restaurant was about a 45 minute walk. So I just didn't, and even when, and same when college, same when I lived in LA. So like, I didn't get to have, I never got to have as much fast food as I, as I wanted. <laughs> and I was always very like interested in it. deprived as a child. Yeah, and so now yeah. as an adult, you have your own money, you have your own car, you can have it anytime you want. Pretty much. And so I've been interested in it. I've always interested in what the new things are. I love to go out to try the new things when they come out with them. So I, I you know, basically it evolved from me telling people about them to me tweeting about them to me making videos about them. And, and it was just kind of a natural progression. Right. And do you just find out about this on your own? People tell you, or do do the do you get like press releases? <laughs> uh, no, I don't get any press releases. I do get. I mean, people. I think the companies are extremely wary of me, as you said, because there's no guarantee I'm going to like the thing. Right. Um, and I think some of them have been burned in the past by saying, "Bill, you got to go try this new item," and then I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they don't try to get me. They do send this. Fast food companies do send me stuff if I've posted a positive review. Oh yeah, but afterwards. They, don't, they rarely send me anything in advance, which is wise on their part because there's no guarantee I'm not gonna burn them. <laughs> um, so, so, but what was the question again? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do. Sometimes you share the stuff that they send you, which is just hilarious. I think oh, it, yeah. was your, it was your Arby's hat, which it was a giant. Explain to, to, to the people what, what they sent you. <laughs> well, you can't, they won't be able to see the video, but Arby's did. Right. Um, I, I said, actually, in the context of reviewing the Popeye's fish sandwich, I said that Arby's had the best fast uh, best fast food sandwich I'd ever eaten, best food fish sandwich I've ever eaten, right. uh, which is true. And uh, I didn't view, I didn't even film the review when I was eating that because I didn't think it was going to be anything special, but it was terrific. So I posted that Arby's saw it, uh, and much to my surprise, they sent me a couple of different interesting things. One, a complete <laughs> outfit like a, a tracksuit, which they call right. the the meat sweats. 
which is like a, a, you know, a sweatsuit. Yeah, covered with meat. Roast beef, right? Well, All over no, a, a variety of different meats. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's not a like it's it's really a it's a very novel item, but I wouldn't want to wear it in public because it looks like your skin has been removed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with that, they sent me is Arby's hat, which you know from their logo, it's a, like a ten gallon hat, and so right. that uh, that's very. That's a very cool item to have. And they sent me a whole bunch of gift certificates as well. So um, that was an example of, of when I liked something organically, I did get a, I did get a. Um, appreciation. I got I I I I some appreciation. It. Yes. That's yes. like, that's like gold. If somebody like they discovered that on their own, cause it was unsolicited, honest review saying, you know, you saying something good about Arby's. I'm sure that that went company wide, the memo went out and everybody saw it. So oh, I did hear awesome. that what I gave, I did hear from an inside source that when I gave McDonald's chicken sandwich, that extremely good review that it did go out, that it did, the executives were waiting to see it. And then it did go out to everybody in the McDonald's system, which was exciting. Um, although they, yeah, they never send me anything anymore, but they, they used to, I don't know. Anyway, they were happy. <laughs> they were happy with that review. Oh, that's fun. Well, I know we talked about some of those specialty items too. This is some of some of my favorite things to do back when trap when we could still travel, right? Was like when you go to other countries to see what's on their menu, because I love seeing uh, regional differences. Um, those are yeah. so fun. Like, uh, do you do you like to do that too when you travel? Do you look at see, go to like some of your favorite fast food places to see what's different? Because absolutely, I love to do that. Here. I love to do that. And that's also the other thing that I do on my Instagram, you know, like there's two different parts of Instagram, as we all know, there's the part, your main feed on my mm -hmm. main feed, I only do videos. And then there's your story. And on my story, every single day, pretty much, I post something about a couple of different types of things. One, I, I, I post Portland things that I've had that I like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, two, I post things that people mail me from all over the world. And I have the, you right. can see behind me there, there's the fraction of the stuff. I have so, I'm three or four <laughs> months behind on posting stuff now. I have so much stuff from all over the world back here that I have to sample. Um, and then I also post stuff that people send me, co companies send me that I do post uncritically when people are like, hey, would you like to try our new ice cream sandwiches or whatever? Then I'll mm -hmm. post photos of them. And usually if I follow, if I love it, I'll follow up. But um, so I do get, I do do that as well on my, on my story virtually every day. And that's like, it's very time consuming, I guess, <laughs> but that's to, to answer your question. That's how I get to try all this regional stuff now in the era of the pandemic. Of course, I'd love to go try regional fast food stuff, but I haven't been out of the house in a year and a half. Right. <clears throat> so, well, except to drive around to local food carts, but I love that kind of stuff. And in fact, I've been ordering a lot of it on Goldbelly. Um, and uh -huh. I've been working my way. Goldbelly is a, a, a very unique resource. And I've been working my way through a number of different types of things, mostly regional styles of pizza. And there, there's got to be at least 75 different little known regional styles of pizza in America. Oh, that I yeah. Have. There's like a pizza map. You should like, you should yeah. create something like that for people. <laughs> there, there is, there is like that. And there's uh, a number of weird ones that I have tried this year, most notably old forge style uh, uh, pizza from Pennsylvania, which is this extremely little known style from a town called Old Forge in Pennsylvania, which is kind of halfway between uh, thin crust and thick crust with mm. a, a blend of, of uh, kind of unique blend of cheeses on it. And it was really terrific. So that, and I've also just also finished a whole bunch of pizzas from St. Louis, the uh -huh. em Imos or Emos pizza that everybody, well, I guess it's very polarizing in St. Louis, but <laughs> Provel cheese. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that. Uh, and to answer your question, to get back to the thing, yes, every time I go to any kind of foreign place or whatever, the, one of the first things I'm like, I want to check out is what what unique fast food items they have there. Right. I love that. I love going to um, 
A, to go to when I'm traveling overseas to go to um, different fast food places. I also like to go to convenience stores and see what yeah. all the snacks are like there. And then just a regular grocery store, not like a gourmet grocery store, but that's where I just buy ingredients and fun things and just bring back like foreign snacks and candies for people. <laughs> I love that. I love to do that. And I do it in my spare time. In fact, yesterday, I just went out to Beaverton to the Apna Bazaar for the first time. I posted about that where it's an Indian grocery store that I was... Mm -hmm almost completely unaware of until somebody uh, texted me about it. And it's loaded with Indian food, snacks, prepared food, frozen food, and a whole bunch of potato chips. I got a whole bunch of uh, interesting flavors of uh, potato chips from India. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That, I mean, just, I mean, the, the, there's definitely like the regional, you know, like the brands that are from different countries. And then there's the kind of the fun um, variations of the brands that we know, like, for yeah. example, like Lay's, like they must have how many flavors of potato chips and then they're they're only available at certain countries. I always like to see like what countries have what, <laughs> because it says a lot about their culture and, you know, what what they're eating, what flavors are resonating with them. I completely agree, and I love it. I love trying those. Actually, I'm getting a little tired of Lay's now. There's, there's so <laughs> many. I mean, so, and Lay's in America, I mean, every month they got some new flavor of Lay's, and I'm actually, I'm getting a little weary of that as as well as right. getting weary of fast food chicken sandwiches, which I've now had enough of. Um, <laughs> that's but but yes, there's there are in Canada. In fact, uh, about half the stuff I get from all over the world is from Canada, where they have, it's an uh, unusual. It's a crazy doppelganger of America, right. where they have. <laughs> A lot of the same stuff, but a number of really different things. Like the the apparently the most popular potato chips in Canada are, are ketchup flavored and all dressed. Um, oh, oh, yeah. we, we barely have here. They've been introduced here and they're so much better than our regular normal flavors. Really? Yeah. What makes it well why I mean specifically what what is what when you say they're so much better, what the the like the flavors taste more vibrant or <laughs> yeah they're more in, they're i'd say all dressed as a flavor is more is more intense has more variety on your palate and uh -huh. it's, it, to me it's more it has whatever that thing is that keeps you eating them like right, i could eat the whole bag quality. yeah and and there's you know every different potato chip company in canada and there must be a hundred makes their own version of all dressed and i've tried uh -huh. so many of them and they are uh all dressed <laughs> ruffles i think are still the gold standard um or the Humpty Dumpty ones from the Maritimes actually are probably my favorite. In fact, I had a there's a category the Steamies just for Canadian potato chips this year. Right. Um, I was wondering what your Canadian connection was because it's like the people in Canada love you. They love you and they send you stuff and they want you to try stuff and you you seem to give a lot of love to Canada. <laughs> I, I I do love Canada. I'm excited. I think that Canadians have a really good sense of humor and I've noticed that that that's true. There are a lot of Canadian and Australian Simpsons fans who have kind yeah. of uh, happened on to me from that 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 um and like that's where and also all the many of the things I've done are so much more popular in Canada than they are here. I think something <laughs> I have somewhat of a Canadian sense of humor perhaps. Well, the Canadians are famously known for their sense of humor, for sure. And I think Australians, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe there's a connection from, from humor to food to this kind of, you know, general, you know, that's your fan base, right, people? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's great. Um, so what if, do you cook at home? I don't know this about you. Do you cook? Do you like to cook? What have you I, been cooking? I, I do, and I do. I, I often, if I'm doing something ambitious, I will post it on my Instagram. Um, I've done a few this year. Um, of uh, I've done a couple of different complicated ones. The most complicated thing I cooked all year, in fact, probably in the past five years, was chili rellenos. Oh yeah, the recipe from process. the New York Times. Uh, that was a huge process, and it came out great. And generally, I post that kind of thing. I do a lot of cooking, like 
I do a lot of hamburgers and things like that. <laughs> I uh -huh. sometimes cook cook weird hamburgers. That, that was for a brief period. I was doing a lot of strange exotic meats like kangaroo burgers and things oh, like yeah. that that I cooked. Um, and I do once in a while I do a recipe. Generally, I get the recipes from the New York Times for something. You know, I did oh, I did jambalaya um, oh, that yeah. was from scratch with like. Uh, it took hours and hours and hours. That was terrific. Yeah, so those, do from, I do cook do once process. in a while. You did the whole thing from like start yeah. to finish scratch. Yeah. 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 For you. Yeah. So like sometimes I get in the mood where I want to cook <laughs> and, and in general, I'll post it on Instagram if it's a site that's been interesting. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I, th I think of, I, I appreciate your love of hamburgers. I love hamburgers too. Did you ever see that documentary Hamburger America? It's not that many people have seen it. I don't, and it's hard to get because I, I always look for it on um, to download because I always recommend it. But they they go through all the the hamburgers across America. Like there's the the one with peanut butter on it, yeah. And then there's the butter burger that that people can't make at home because you physically can't put that much butter on a hamburger without <laughs> like you know like it's basically a hamburger and then there's what looks like a, a an entire pound of butter that they put on top and what <laughs> happens is it melts and so what you get is like a hamburger in a moat of butter and then as you're eating it you kind of sop up the melted butter and it's this kind of place in like i don't know wisconsin or something oh, like well, that Cul culver's is famous for those that's a fast food chain in the midwest that i'm dying to try okay but there's um, yes that that, that's a regional style and I have I have not seen that film but I have read I have all the books and, and I have uh -huh. I've watched a number of YouTube shows there's a number of YouTube shows there's a burger show which is part of the whole first week oh, really? oh, okay um, and that where they do this regional styles plus I have a few different books on this topic written by some of those guys like the great American burger book George Motes is the guy who is I guess the America's Dean of burgers that mm. does one of those shows and wrote this book and then also I like I've been reading about the history of I have three different books on the so history you're like of hamburgers. An academe when, when yeah, it comes yeah. To hamburgers here. <laughs> that Adam uh, there's a couple different burgers burger books um I don't know if you know Tom, do you know how Tommy habits uh yeah of, yeah. Of, 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 <laughs> yeah he gave me right. this book called the hamburger by uh the, the late food critic Josh Ozerski that sort of is a giant oh, essay about that mm -hmm. is amazing book amazing book yeah. and then uh drive through dreams by adam chandler who uh -huh. I've, inter I've interacted with it's like the history of fast food in america and i just got one called all about the burger which i'm gonna but I, I am interested in this topic in fact i just watched the show my favorite show is the food that built america um oh. on on history which talks about the history of a lot of different fast food type items uh and then some of these guys actually appear on that show anyway mm -hmm. that's I, i'm getting yeah, off I gotta, topic i gotta look that show up i love i love the the history of food and like kind of like the significance and origins of and so that's like in that in the hamburger america they go through like this this when your um <laughs> your steamed hams episode reminded me of the the steam burger you know and the original yeah. they have like it's almost like these little uh it, almost, it reminds me of those library card catalog things where you put your burger in and you shut the little door and it steams and it opens it up I've and then the little that. steamed hamburger comes out i've seen that and they it's it uh, it's covered on the burger show and it is requires a special little cabinet to steam the thing. And the thing is, honestly, everybody who's had one of those says they aren't very good. <laughs> They're that, not very there's good. A, a certain reason, <laughs> there's a reason why we don't boil or steam uh, our, our beef. <laughs> and right, we moved that, on to like it. grilling and whatnot. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I mean, those those are the kind of like those regional things, like even if it's not that good, like it's 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 super interesting to to know that um, like the history of it. And then when you travel and stuff like that to like if they have something like that, they still exist to go experience it because, you know, they it means so much to people like what is that place? I don't even remember, but uh, that th they make that the hot dog that's like bright red. What's it called? Uh, some reds. The Red Snapper. They make them in Maine. 
Right. They're like, um, but they're hot dogs, but they're bright red. But you, yeah. um, and I think, why are they so red? It's like, well, you cannot have them that, not that way. So you, and I think about fast food that way. It's like, you can't, um, and food in general, you know, and people kind of poo poo certain ideas or foods or they kind of say, oh, you know, whatever. Um, food is so personal. It has to do with like what you grew up with and, you know, what you mm -hmm. had as a kid and so nostalgic that it's like, you know, it's like the wars between like the Shake Shack versus the In-N-Out people. Like I don't get into that argument because so much of it is not about the food. It's about the, um, the nostalgia of it that it's totally. like you can't fight the nostalgia and you also don't want to like um insult anybody from like what they like because they're talking about their memories you know yeah so. I, I i agree i and i always get static <laughs> when i give a negative review to someone's uh, beloved whatever it is uh right. but yes that's totally that's the i guess the price we pay for being in this business <laughs> right and so uh have you gotten any uh negative feedback from your uh bad reviews does anybody say do people get upset? Oh yeah, slam people their say, favorite whatever. <laughs> yes, they do. They, they, you know, once in a while. Can I? I don't know if I can curse on this program, but yes. Oh yeah, you gets, can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I guess it's just like comment that says "fuck you" unfollowed. <laughs> you know, that's what I get. <laughs> and, and it, it does. Um, generally, that comes from something that people have a, a certain fondness for, but I don't know. You can't. There's no accounting for taste, and everybody like I. I that's why I guess that's why I'm Gordon Ramsay. The Gordon Ramsay of fast food is because I'm really honest, and that's what people like. They oh, and they, people honestly always like the negative reviews more than the positive reviews. But I don't, I don't set out to make negative reviews. No, no, yeah, you're just being honest, and it's you know I think it's true. Like if you watch, it's coming from a sense of you're just trying to inform people. This is what I had, you know, and maybe some people like it that way, but your experience of it is X, you know, so. Um, uh, I, so I was going to go into asking the questions if that's okay. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what was the last thing you ate before, you know, did you eat even breakfast today or what was, do you eat breakfast or did, what was the last thing? I you generally ate don't yesterday? eat breakfast. Uh, while, uh, while we were getting this, I was eating a kind bar. Look at um, you eating a kind bar. Yeah. I, but okay, I generally so don't I eat breakfast. I have to ask. Okay, how do you keep your physique, like, you know, your sporty <laughs> physique after? <laughs> do you like, do you exercise a lot? How do you eat yes, fast food I, all the time? Go, well, first of all, you got to remember, this is, people are always like, uh, okay, let me say the following. I eat badly all the time, not just when you see it on camera. That's, uh, <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter is, I only eat those, I only do those fast food videos maybe once or once a week or twice, once every two weeks. So right. like that, anybody can have a fast food meal that frequently. Um, but, but I eat two of everything. You're like well, eating it. Well, I don't eat, don't finish finished. it. I don't fi a lot of times I don't finish the item, but I do eat a lot of frozen pizza and stuff like that. So in answer to your question, I don't eat healthily at all. Um, <laughs> but I don't very much during the day. I don't finish the items generally. Uh, and I go to the gym. I'd go to the gym every day. That's why I'm, that's why I'm only mildly overweight rather than hugely overweight. Meaning like this, because I, I spend about 45 minutes on the treadmill or elliptical trainer every morning. So you're so t what your last thing that you're eating is a kind bar. Is that by choice? You like well, it, or it's because you're trying to balance the healthy to maybe not so healthy? Uh, I just wanted something to go with my tea while we were talking. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and I buy these for the kids generally. But, but last night, I, the thing I had for dinner last night was the most interesting was these um, uh, country ham sandwiches that somebody told me about from North Carolina that I ordered mail order. Uh, oh, and, that and so that's good. They were really good. The thing about them is they're 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 little. They're very little, like sliders. And like after the uh -huh. first three, 
I didn't really have any, I didn't want to have them ever again. Like the first three were amazing. And then I'm like, <laughs> I became oversaturated with the, the, the taste and I did, I put them away. Oh, okay. It's like cooked, cooked country ham on like, like a little biscuit. Yep. On a, on a yeast roll. Oh yeah. Well, that sounds good. That sounds like a nice little appetizer. I don't know. It would be terrific for an appetizer or for having a party or something like that. And everybody got to have two of them. People will be blown away, but they're not appropriate for a meal for a grown man. <laughs> and so besides fast food, do you have another um, type of cuisine or food that you really like? What would you consider your favorite? Pizza, probably, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pizza, hamburgers. Uh, I like Italian food. Oh, Cajun. In fact, I, I, I the most many of my favorite places in town are Cajun New Orleans food cart type places. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's yeah, that would be something like that. I also like Mexican. Um, but I think honestly, if I had to pick one, it would probably be you know New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. What a great food town. Um, do are you able to get much? I don't. I haven't had much Cajun food here in Portland. I usually, you know, I love going to New Orleans anytime I can, and I get really excited to eat there. But in Portland, I haven't had hardly. I haven't. I haven't sought it out. So <laughs> it's the carts. I've actually. I mean, I haven't gone to. I've been to maybe one sit-down restaurant in the past year and a half. Mm. Um, so, I, but it's the carts, and I go to the carts. I go to at least one cart every week, usually two or three. There's two food carts in Portland that have fantastic Cajun food. Matt and Mamers at on on Powell at that thing where Jojo is, and uh -huh. uh, what's it, Avenue St. Charles at that place in Beaverton where where, where Burger Stevens is. Both of which are okay. terrific. Well, I'm off to seek those out then. <laughs> I love food yeah. carts. And then um, when you were a kid, were you a hot lunch kid or a sack lunch kid? Hot lunch. I went to a private school where they served us lunch, and I don't remember anything about it except that it wasn't. You don't good. remember anything. Was, well, I remember. Well, it, no, none of this stuff was very good. It was also people were still eating like it was the 1950s back then, you know. So they'd give you hot dog goulash and stuff like that. <laughs> hot dog goulash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm old, but like the food was much older. The recipes were probably from the 40s or 50s that we were served. Uh huh. Well, I mean, I'm sure that. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was good to some extent because otherwise you would have been traumatized. You would have remembered it as being really bad. <laughs> it, it, it it was very mediocre, and it was very filled with recipes mediocre. that the kind of things that they served in schools in the fifties uh, or in the army. As I said, hot dog goulash, <laughs> cream chip beef, um, you know, chicken pieces of chicken that were like where the thigh is still attached to the leg that were like. <laughs> <laughs> baked ineptly, you know, things like that. It, it was not that good. And then as soon as you got old enough, you would go off campus for lunch, but you were not allowed to do that until like 10th grade. Well, I mean, at least it's, it, it's fueled your brain. Cause obviously I, th I read that you went to Harvard, you're a Harvard grad. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Our food was like that then too. Our, the food that we were served at Harvard in the eighties was exactly the same thing. Again, it was all recipes from the fifties probably that were things that were in general, pretty crummy. And then, of course, after we left, they got this sort of swanky Harvard. They got this really right. fancy <laughs> company to come in and create. And I went back there to visit someone, and the food was amazing. And not only that, but there's oh. so many choices. And there are all these like there's like the vegan salad bar, and there's all this other. You can, <laughs> there's infinite number of choices. Whereas when I was there, it's like here's your plate of baked ham. Bam, and then that's it. <laughs> that's it. Go study. Yeah. 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 Oh wow! And then growing up, who inspired you to become this? food-loving person that you are? <laughs> you know, I don't know that I had any inspiration for that. Um, 
uh, what inspired me honestly was Mad Magazine to become a comedy writer, cartoonist, comedy writer, and get into that vein. Like the food thing was more like my hobby until until fairly recently. It's still my hobby. Right. It doesn't pay any money. This whole thing. Oh, I know. <laughs> but it, I but, always when people ask, I said, you know, food is like a side gig. It's just, it's just what he does. He's like, you know, obviously like a professional. It's right. No, I still have to have my day job. You know, writing TV comedy, and and uh, right. I do. But this is a fun. This is a fun side light. Right. Well, I mean, I think I think it goes to say, you know, like people know people from one angle. You know, I'm sure like Simpsons fans. Forever, you have this huge following among their favorite episodes were episodes that you've probably written. <laughs> um, so, but the food, like people in food, there's many people who just only know you for that one slice of fast food commentary that you have to offer. <laughs> I like that. I always like it when people only know me from the food universe, and it's it's rare because usually they want me to sign their Simpson stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. And then, what's your favorite beverage? beverage of choice and be as specific as possible i wouldn't say it's my favorite but i drink coke zero all the time <laughs> you know oh why coke why why the zero because i don't need extra calories i want to save all my calories <laughs> for the special like I, i'm real conscious that's part of my the fact that i'm, I'm only somewhat fat is that i i'm really careful <laughs> about apportioning my calories so when i go to I don't drink, I don't want the calories from a soda. I want a 400 calorie soda. I want okay. the calories from a hamburger. And I also don't want them from French fries, which is generally why I always just get two hamburgers instead of any French fries. Um, at, you don't a, get the at French any place. fries? Rarely. I feel like, so, one of my favorite things about fast food are the French fries, because, you know, sometimes well, I just want the French fries. I only want them if I can have them right then, in general. Like yeah. at the five <laughs> minutes later, they're not worth the calories. That's true. You never save the French fries. I don't understand when people save the French fries. <laughs> so Coke Zero, okay. Because yeah. I, I think that um, fast food almost requires like a, a soda. Like it's part of the experience or at least the milkshake or whatever. Like that's, you got to do the full tasting menu, right? You got to have the beverage. You got to have the the side dish, <laughs> the main course. <laughs> well, it's I have a different approach, which is generally to focus on one item and oh, everything okay. else everything else is just the minimal number of calories or just, you know, the drink to keep my mouth moisturized while I'm eating the hamburger. <laughs> Love it. Okay. And then if we, if we're looking at your refrigerator right now, um, is there anything that you'd be embarrassed for us to see? Like what's the most embarrassing thing in your refrigerator right now? And I don't think, honestly, I don't think that anybody should be embarrassed about anything in the refrigerator, but what, what might be a little surprising? I wouldn't say that it's embarrassing. It's the surstroming. Do you know surstroming? No. Okay. This is the one food item I have not yet tried because it's the world's smelliest food item. And somebody sent me it <laughs> a year ago. And it's, it, this is like, generally people are, people and send me people crazy stuff. I'm eager to try it. Like I have this right. right back here. Some guy sent me this whole package of this um, snack food, which are called fish and almonds, which are just little fish with almonds. And I think it's from Japan and they're, they're pretty good. Um, uh -huh. I haven't posted about that yet, but this one, Surströmang. Somebody sent me this from overseas, and it's this. It's I think it's from Sweden or Norway. It is. It's mm. like rotten. It's rotted herring, and it's oh. it, it's apparently so gross that if you open it in your house, you're gonna have to burn down your house. Like there's no, <laughs> the smell will never go away. You gotta open it. You gotta open it outside underwater in a bucket. And oh then, my gosh! Yeah, and so How long honestly, have you had this? I've had it about a year and a half now, and I don't think I'm ever going to eat it. But I, I still I don't I don't want to admit defeat. Right. <laughs> so, so that's what is in there. And it's, I wouldn't say it's embarrassing, but it's certainly unusual is that can of, of Surströmang, which is probably getting rusty by now. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I bet you put some warning labels on it. You don't want anybody to accidentally open that thing. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody's going to give it a shit. Don't get anywhere near it in this house. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And so what is, um, you know, I know you mentioned you like to cook. So do you have a kitchen uh, trick or tip or hack that you'd like to share? Uh, boy, I do have a lot of them. I'm going to have to run through them in my head, though. You can come back to it if you'd like. Yeah, let's come back to that one because I do. Okay. They're all very mild things that I just learned over time. And all I, it basically involves me getting so fed up with my bad technique that I go to YouTube and figure out a way to fix it. Like cutting, I never cut, I still don't cut them quite right, but cutting onions, but cutting them oh, wrong yeah. for 30 years. And then I found this, I also saw Gabe Rucker do it on his video where you cut them in half and you slice like this. So I've learned how to do that. But like in most cases, I've been, I get fed up with something and then I go to YouTube and find a better way to do it. You know, you can learn so much on YouTube. I I don't have the patience to do a lot of like mechanical things, you know, um, but sometimes I have to and I don't want to read instructions too. So I'll go to YouTube and I learned an amazing amount of stuff. And so I think with cooking, especially because cooking is so if you can just show somebody rather than like having them, you know, read the because it doesn't make sense if you read like how you do it. But if you just if someone just were to see a demonstration in front of them um, also there's more there's many different ways to cut an onion and some of the technically correct ways of cutting onion are not the most user-friendly so like yeah one of the things i do is i just cut the onion in half so it doesn't wobble around and stuff like that and people will always like the french technique is they'll they'll get a paring knife and they'll peel the whole onion first well, that sounds with like a paring a knife answer. And wow. then they'll like take the top off and then they'll do the one one way and then the other way and then they'll you know but depending on what your what your application is, like sometimes it's just good just to chop it in half, get it, take the whole peel off, and then chop it really fast. And I think when I was watching Top Chef once, you know they had those speed challenges, and every the people who were doing it the proper way because they were on TV, you know they had to be all, all proper. Like it was taking so long, and then one day there was one of the chef testants just chopped it in half and just peeled the thing off and like did it the did it the way like grandma would do it. And it was like so much faster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so happy for them. <laughs> anyway, if you think oh, about it. Oh, I figured out think... my kitchen thing. I thought of it. Okay, it's, there you go. Air fryer. I'm I'm, ah. the, I'm one of the world's biggest advocate of the air fryer. If you like frozen snack food type food, it is absolutely a miracle. It's on the mirror, it's a miracle on the level of the microwave in 1977. <laughs> because you don't like if you've ever had things like pizza, for instance, pizza rolls, uh, things mm -hmm. of that nature. They're terrible in the microwave. They're tolerable in the oven. Mm -hmm. But once you put them in the air fryer, you're like, ah, oh, this is what this was supposed to be. They're good. And so like I've done, I've actually done a couple different articles on this, which anyone who cares to could Google just be locally air fryer um, about the best snack foods. And I would say most frozen food that is supposed to be crispy is much better in the air fryer than in any other, even cooking in the oven or the convection oven. And wow. like, oh, air fryer is just a small convection oven. No, it's not. It, it, it had, there's something in there that makes the food crispier <laughs> than, than a regular. I have a convection oven and the food is vastly better in the air fryer than it is in the convection oven. You know, you're, I I'm here hearing this from you. It's making me really think that is true. My sister has an air fryer and she's very gung ho about her air fryer. But I, I feel because I have like, you know, I, I'm pretty basic when it comes to kitchen equipment. My husband loves gadgets and stuff like that. So he bought like the the Instapod and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have a slow cooker. I can braise in the oven. Like why the Instapod? And he bought it and then we made like two things out of it. And I was like, okay, fine. But you know, like I don't need it to cook that fast because I'm just, you know, sometimes I wanted to cook slow so I can do other things, you know? 
I agree uh, with you about the Instapot. I have an Instapot too, and I always am struggling <laughs> to find a way to use it that's any better than just using the slow cooker or whatever. Um, it's not that fast either. It takes, you know, it takes six minutes to cook, but it takes 15 minutes to warm up and then 15 minutes to cool down. For me, like, and 15 minutes to figure out what buttons to push, right? Yeah. Like, how do I work this thing, you know? And the slow cooker, you just plug it in and let it go. This is what I was at the air fryer. It, it is absolutely a godsend for anybody who likes frozen crispy stuff, as well as you can make healthy stuff in it too. I don't make a lot of healthy stuff, but you can. <laughs> I've, had, I've made Brussels sprouts and broccoli and things like that that were excellent. You know, you could like, I've marinated with like honey sriracha Brussels sprouts I made in there, which were excellent and very easy to make. Well, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to reconsider the air fryer because, because of your testimonial for this, because, you know, I'm a parent of young children and they a lot of the things they want to eat are those crispy crunchy kind of things that you typically bake in the oven it also seems like kind of a waste of energy to kind of heat up a whole oven for like 12 pieces of pizza bites or whatever yep. <laughs> you know? yeah or to reheat like i don't know fish four fish sticks <laughs> i do it all on the stove but i mean i think you're saying the air fryer is better yes and it's also better for reheating pizza and i know i've been through every method of this because people are always going on about that frying pan method the air fryer right. is better. I can say okay. having with certainty, having done it 12 to 15 times both ways to compare. <laughs> well, I believe you. I'm sure you said you said you eat a lot of pizza. So. I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I from that, I'm going to try the air fryer. Okay. So, and then if you could wake up with a new skill, any skill that you don't have to like work for, like what would that be? You just wake up and you have this amazing skill. Uh, boy, that's a tough one. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, I could be a really good investor. I mean, like that. I, I, I mean, I can't. I don't think I can narrow it down to just one. What's I the would joy be, in that? If you're being an investor, what? Just so you can make money? You got a money? Well, yeah, yeah I, don't have, I don't have. I don't have. I could use more money. <laughs> I could use more money, so I don't have to keep working into my old age. Uh, but I also would like, you know, I'd like to also be able to be really physically fit without having to do anything. Right. <laughs> but what would you like? If, even if we talked about being physically fit, like it's a matter of having some sort of skill, right? You know, like you wake up and are you like the most amazing long jumper ever, or do you have this amazing like you can swim across the ocean? I mean, I'm not superhero. We're not talking superhero stuff. We're talking like real, like a legitimate skill, like. Uh, if you knew how I mean, they're to, all, they're all so good. I don't know. I mean, I can like to ski. I'd like to be a great skier. I'd like to be a great concert pianist. I don't, I don't have one that really stands out at the moment uh, without a lot of, a really simple one would be, I'd like to be able to do my work really fast rather than deliberating about it and taking forever to write the stupid thing, you know? Oh yeah, that would be nice. Right. I am a bit that way. Um, I, I am a writer who hates to write because it takes me so long. I'm very happy when I'm done writing. I'm very proud of what I wrote, but the process is I, I, I think about those people who are like just fast writers, like journalists, you know, they got to pump out that story in like 20 minutes. Boom. It's out there. It's for the whole world to see <laughs> like that. That would kill me. <laughs> I am hundred percent in agreement with you. It's exactly the same with me. Do you labor about your writing? I mean, when you write, does it take you a long time or do you write fast and then you like think about it a lot? It takes me forever to get started because mm -hmm. I don't want to start until the thing is a is in great shape in my head and that can take forever and it's also hard to do that just sitting at a desk like the writing the coming up with the idea is not something that can be done by just sitting at a desk and it's hard to get yourself out of the routine of like i should be sitting here at the desk 
but that that's not the way to come up with the idea. That's the way to type up the idea after you already have it. Right. And it took me years so to figure that out. You mull over the idea. You come up with the idea. It just happens. You just, you know, and then you mull it over for a long time. And then you actually, the process of writing it, is that how the, your process works? Like, Yeah. And then I come back to it over and over, but I just try to get it down. On, like the hardest part for me is like you said, like a journalist who could just mm -hmm. sit down and type. I can't do that. And I wish I could. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't that's think that would not be my skill though. I'd be squandering my skill. <laughs> You're like, I, I want a better skill. one. I want to do Kung Fu. I want to do something else. Right. I want to be able to grant wishes for myself or, or other people <laughs> or whatever, you know, I want a magical power. Oh, that's great. And then the question that I usually ask everybody is um, what's your favorite snack? And I feel like for you, it's like a really big question. What is your favorite snack? <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I couldn't even begin to narrow it down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even have any idea how I just want to answer snack. that question when you are a professional snacker. <laughs> I, hmm. Or what types of snacks do you like? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like I sh you really need to be able to say your favorite. Uh, Jesus, that's so hard. <laughs> do you have a category? Do you like um, like potato chips or do you like um, salty snacks, sweet snacks? Snacky snacks, you know, like I don't like I, I I mean like sweet snacks are okay. I, I think my, my favorite are salty snacks in the vein of like cheat Cheeto type things. Oh like crunchy, cheese yeah. Puffs, cheese puffs yeah. type. But the puffs, not the crunchy ones. The puffs. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, yeah my kids love my the puffs too. Um, you know, I, I I know you have kids too. Um do you try to get them are you do you let them eat whatever they want, like <laughs> junk food wise or in general, but they don't have a huge appetite for it. You know, they they grew up in Portland public schools where they were taught to eat healthy, and so they're they'd rather have healthy food than what I have in the house. Right. Yeah, my kids have been uh, grown up not from me because you know, like I'm happy to eat fast food if so long as it's quality fast food. Um, they grew up with this outside knowledge of fast food is bad. And so I say, no, it's okay. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes we're on a road and I just want to get them fed. I was like, we can go there. And they're like, no, McDonald's is evil. <laughs> they're not yeah, evil. I get that too. I get that too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're trying to, they always want to, they won't always want to eat healthy. Everything that they want to eat. Part of the reason why I can't go out during COVID um, so much is because they just want to eat the food that I make. Because A, because they're so particular, they just want it the way that I make it. So even if it's good someplace else, it's not the way that they in their mind want it to be, you know? Yes, yes. I find that too. Yeah. They, um, like, for example, they like, they don't eat any fish at all. They don't like fish, but they love the um, fish sandwich at Burgerville, that halibut fish sandwich, because the fish is so thin. It's mostly, I said, the crust to fish ratio is mostly crust, They, but they enjoy that. But I will make the same thing. I was doing some halibut recipe testing, and I made the fish really thin, and it's the same crust, every, basically reproduced that sandwich, and they didn't want it because it's not the same. Mm. Not, not I hear you. Burgerville. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> They, so like, it, they're always like your grilled cheese sandwiches are the best or whatever but i'm like that's just because you you could make it yourself i try to teach them to make it themselves but you do it so much better than i could ever do it it's just a scam <laughs> well part of it is love i mean you know i'm sure having it made by their dad is <laughs> there's a secret ingredient called love in there for sure yes yes yeah, sure <laughs> yeah and so uh and so um they've been they've been okay during the pandemic it's been fine people have been uh you've been cooking and surviving being stuck inside the house <laughs> Yeah, well, fortunately for me, my job has always been being stuck inside the house because I've been working. I do most of my work in Los Angeles, and and uh, by by internet or 
or Skype. It used to be Skype until right. everybody tuned to Zoom. Uh, so it's for my routine has been pretty much uninterrupted. Uh, of course, the kids have been out of school for 13 months. Right. And they finally started going back for two hours, two days a week. <laughs> Just enough time for you to make a cup of coffee and yeah. <laughs> whatever. Then you had to go pick them up or whatever. Right. Exactly. Well, anyway, I'm glad to see that you're doing so well and um, that the family's doing okay. Um, but thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to episode three of Food People Are the Best People with Bill Oakley of That Bill Oakley. Be sure to follow him on Instagram and Twitter for his latest food reviews and always entertaining commentary. 